Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you find folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, The Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. Good evening and welcome to the Haunted Log Old Time Radio Mystery Theater presents the Fantastic Four. Tonight we are doing episode 12, which is re-dramatizing Fantastic Four number 13 from 1963. And I'm joined by Kirk, Ryan, and we're going to listen to the episode and then discuss it afterwards. So sit back and enjoy the episode. Attention, all true believers. Marvel Comics is on the air. Out of the pages of the world's greatest comic magazine come the adventures of the Fantastic Four. This week, our superheroes travel more than 200,000 miles from Earth in an attempt to preserve the political integrity of the moon as the Fantastic Four face the menace of the Red Ghost. Also, later in this spellbinding tale, we'll meet the most dramatic being of all time, the mysterious Watcher. Stan and the fantastic cast will be with us in just half a moment. Thank you. Our trip to the moon began many years ago when man first longed to touch the lunar surface. For the Fantastic Four, it's really just about to start. It's twilight now in New York. At the Baxter Building headquarters of the world's greatest superheroes, all is quiet until... That came from Reed's lab. I'll meet you there. Flame on! Yep, big show off. Boy, look at this lab. Hey, Reed. Where are you? What a mess. Looks like a bomb went off here. And no sign of Reed. You stay back. I'll clear some of this away. Right. Hey, Reed. Where are you, guy? Now stop trying to worry us, huh? You blasted rubber bear. Come on, speak up. Maybe I can spot him by flying over the debris. Reed! Hey, Reed, where are you? I'm okay, little buddy. Here. The fumes in here could extinguish your plane. Huh? What? There you go. Out of danger now. What are you trying to do, blow up the joint? No, old friend. I was experimenting with a new type of energy for rocket propulsion. It was just more powerful than I had thought. Oh, Reed, I was afraid we were under some kind of attack. I was hoping I was going to get another crack at Dr. Doom. Look, the floor, it's still glowing. Yeah, you're liable to get a hot foot. Oh, quit clowning, Ben. I believe I've found a new booster fuel. What's it made out of, Reed? It's composed of substances found in meteorite craters. You see, many years ago, a meteorite fell in Siberia, flattening a hundred square miles of forest. I suspect that the Russians have developed their powerful rocket thrust by using energy from that source. I've been extensively studying some meteorites that have fallen in our country. And then, last week... I was right. There is limitless energy contained within these rocks from outer space. And now I've found a way to harness that energy. All I need to do is expose this meteorite bar to the correct amount of radiation, and it will furnish the power necessary to send a huge rocket to the moon. Oh, Reed, with all the excitement, I almost forgot to give you this message that came in over the teletype just before the explosion. Well... 
This is interesting. What is it, Chief? Yeah, let us in on it. It's from General Thunderbolt Ross. The guy from the Joint Chiefs of Staff? Yes, the chap that got us back working on Dr. Doom. He says that the CIA has confirmed some earlier information regarding Igor Kragoff. What information? Who's Igor Kragoff? I first heard about him three weeks ago when General Ross told me... His name is Igor Kragoff, and he's developed a new energy source that will permit him to travel to and from the moon with almost no fuel costs. We're told that he intends to lay claim to the moon and take command over the Earth from there. We know that he's completely crazy and that most of this information is probably incorrect, but it does come from reliable sources. And now this wire confirms that information. Igor Kragoff does exist and is apparently headed for the moon. So by the end of the week, as soon as I have finished converting our rocket, I'll be on this area here, the mysterious Sea of Sighs. Wait just a cotton-picking minute here. What do you mean you'll be there? This ain't no solo deal. Oh, Ben, not a chance. It's too dangerous. I couldn't possibly let you risk your lives. But, Reed, you'll need us. Trouble is, we've let you boss us around too much. Ben, cut it out. You don't know what you're saying. Don't kill him, you big lunk. No, I'll just rough him up a little. Put some sense into his stretched out little mind. Ben, let go. Okay, Ben, okay, you're dead right. We are a team, and we all have our own special talents. We'll all be needed. And at that same moment, on the other side of the globe, another strange experiment is in progress. That's right. When you see the red light flashing, you turn the escape wheel. You have learned your response as well. Only a genius such as Igor Kragov could have trained you, a gorilla, to operate certain functions of our spacecraft. Another test in your education. That's right. Put on your magnetic shoes. Well done, my monstrous slave. And here is your reward. A nice banana. Behave yourself while I go play with your other schoolmates. Stay back, you. No good yet. It's important that you stay vicious. And finally you, the most brainless beast of all. But then, you don't need brains for your work. Here is your reward. You are the only orangutan in the world that can actually use tools and repair machines at my command. Ah, at last my crew of apes is ready. And now we shall go to the moon and claim it for my own to start my empire. And as fate would have it, at the exact moment in two different hemispheres, a similar launching is about to take place. Is everybody strapped in? Get settled, everyone. Remember the high gravitational pull just after blastoff. Fifteen seconds and counting. The weather station at Cape Cod says there are some high winds about 20,000 feet up. Now then, everyone safely strapped and comfy? Comrade Gorilla, watch for the green flashing light and then you'll know to switch the firing mechanism to activate. Four, three, two, one, blast off. The flashing green light, the great moment is at hand. But Igor Kragov's present mission is more than just reaching the moon. Kragov has studied the history of the Fantastic Four. If the Fantastic Four were able to get their powers by being bombarded by the cosmic rays, then my ex and I shall have greater powers still. In our transparent plastic nose cone, we shall have no shielding from the cosmic rays. Whatever dosage the Fantastic Four received, ours shall be even greater. I, Kragov, shall be lord of the solar system. Now it begins. I can feel the rays passing through me. And even the apes, they can feel the chain. Meanwhile, in their own ship, the Fantastic Four are safely guarded from the mysterious rays. Look! Oh. 
this new guidance system is much smoother, Doc. If there's anything you'd like me to... I can see another craft on the scope. Looks like it's headed on the same course as us. Could I be seeing it out this port here, Johnny? Sure could, sis. Where, Sue? Just over there. It must be Craigall. Good. This will give me a chance to test that new atmospheric chamber you designed for me, Reed. You want to go out there? Sure. This job keeps an artificial atmosphere around me. It'll be a gasser. And a few minutes later... Holy smokes! Craigall's ship is transparent. And it doesn't have any shielding from the cosmic rays. And there's no one aboard except... That must be Kragoff and some apes. Out of your pass through the cosmic rays, we shall see what miraculous powers we have. Rage <laughs> <laughs> won't look exactly the same, but it's impossible. The rays must have affected us. They must have. <laughs> The massive gorilla notices the human torch's fiery figure through the transparent hull of the ship. What is it? Why are you gaping that way? Then, almost without effort, the lumbering anthropod seizes and lifts a five-ton generator. You have Jake. You are a hundred times stronger than before. But stay back. Stay back. This gun will kick your face. But the, the gun's changing shape. It's the boom. That bone can change its shape. This is more than I had ever dreamed. There is someone out there. That must be what sparkles the gorilla before. This is somehow the orangutan emitting a magnetic field. The instruments are going crazy. The orangutan, by simply pointing at Johnny Storm, repels him in the same way that two similarly magnetized poles repel each other. Uh, where is your husband? I've got to get back and warn the others. Trade-off and his apes are more of a menace than we thought. You got back just in time, Johnny. The oxygen in that atmospheric chamber doesn't last forever. Some astronaut. You don't even know when to come in out of the... Was so excited by what I saw. I didn't notice my air supply. But listen to this. Several hours later, the Fantastic Four's great craft is slowly descending to the moon's surface. You're right on target, Ben. That new meteorite energy pile works great. The ship's skin probes indicate an atmosphere on the surface. Well, that's impossible. I can see what looks like the ruins of an ancient city. So man isn't the first on the moon. And not far away, another alien craft is landing. With our new powers greater than the Fantastic Four, we shall rule the entire solar system. The air here is very pure, Reed. We won't need our mass. How is this atmosphere possible? With this lighter gravity, I can really fly. Flame on! This is going to be great! I wonder where that other guy, Kragoff, is. I'm going to scout around for him for a while. I never thought I'd actually be on the moon. Hey, Reed! Sis! There's some kind of ultra-modern house over here. Someone must be living in here. Come on, Sue. Let's have a look. This slow gravity... And your ability to stretch sure makes us move. It's only a... Wow, the moon. Look at the earth up there. Get you these rocks, huh? Oh, look at that one go. What? That rock turned into a barrel. And there's two more. They must be with the torch saw. Let go, Flash. 
Take your hairy mitts off of me. And off my pants. Leave that grotesque thing to me. What? You have seen the deflection of our power. Now you will be defeated as never before. Prepare to meet the red ghost. Ghost most. Who do you think you're kidding? One quick shot ought to set you straight. Ah, where'd you go? <laughs> now you know. I can make my body invisible like your sudden storm, but also intangible like a ghost. So what? With my mental powers, I can will any part of my body to become solid instantly. Solid enough to pick up this stone and put down your weapon. The thing, the red ghost, and the three super apes stand in shocked amazement before the one who appears to have come from nowhere. Cease this useless conflict. The Watcher will not permit it. The three apes are captured in individual globules of shimmering synthomatter, and then the strange, rich voice is heard again. Hear my words, you of Earth. I come from a world so far from here that you do not even suspect its existence. My people roam the entire universe, watching, observing other worlds. But during our eons of watching, we have never once interfered. Never have we made our presence known. Until now. Now, I have broken our watcher's silence of centuries to save you from your savagery. You think you can stop Kragos' quest? Shut up, let him finish. Sooner or later, your nations may engage in a war which will devastate your entire planet. That is not of my concern. But you have brought this moon into the conflict. This moon is my home, and I will not tolerate warring peoples here. Instead, you and only you will fight it out, here and now. I have spoken. He's fading away. Well, Mac. If we're going to settle this, there's no time like now. Fool! You cannot even touch me! I shall defeat you all! But at just that instant, unaware of what has transpired over the short horizon, Mr. Fantastic, searching for Ben Grimm, stretches out and... I found him, Sue. I'll signal Johnny. Where is there you are. We've been looking all over for you. We found this strange house that we want to show you. So, you found him, eh? Finding me ain't nothing. Wait till the Watcher finds you. The Watcher? What do you mean? I'll try to explain, but it ain't gonna be easy. Well, here's the place. You've met the man that made this house? This house is okay, but the Watcher himself can do anything. He wants us to duke it out with Kragoff and let the winner determine the future of the moon. Who is this Watcher? Look, that must be him inside. And slowly, the Watcher becomes visible to all the Fantastic Four. He stands in his great transparent chamber. The Watcher. With his vast powers, he's able to manipulate the very fabric of space and time. I shall bring both warring factions together in a vast, secluded combat area here upon the moon. 
As soon as the thought has passed through the watcher's mind, the Fantastic Four find themselves swept upward in a floating, spinning whirlpool of sheer energy, bringing them to a wide chasm in the moon's sea of storms, the site for the most crucial battle of their career. What an amazing place! A civilization hundreds of years advanced from ours must have lived here hundreds of years ago. That ancient city you saw through the port as we were landing. Well, don't go souvenir hunting. The Watcher must have put Craig off and his apes here, too. I hope so. If that guy wants a fight, I figure we're just the ones to give it to him. This is all wrong. We shouldn't battle Craig off. Why can't we all explore space together as one brotherhood of Earthmen? It's real noble, Stretcho, but Craig off ain't buying it. He thinks him and those apes can lick us and claim the moon for God knows what. Hold on, Rockman. Nobody is strong enough to defeat the Fantastic Four. That horrible man and those dreadful beasts probably watching us at this very minute, waiting to strike. Right you are, female. First the womb shall be reversed to experience my freeze god. He covers his target with a gas which started to fight. Look out, Johnny. If it gets you, you'll... Oh, but you are a sacrifice. And I seize the air. He's got Sue. Come on, Matchstick. We're always looking for action. A couple of fireballs ought to warm things up. But the torch meets his first setback when the super baboon becomes a sheet of thick asbestos smothering Johnny's flame. The thing rushes to Johnny's aid and the red ghost barks out in other order. A ton of fighting fury in the form of a maddened gorilla springs on the thing. We got some fight on our hands. Yeah. Yeah. The measure of a man is not how he fights a winning battle, but how bravely he faces hopeless odds. Just let me get in one haymaker! But before the thing can get within range... That's it, comrade gorilla. We've done it! Our exposure to the cosmic rays has made us even more powerful than the Fantastic Four! This solar system will be ours! This ape's magnetic-like power holds me so tight that I, I can't move. Bring her to this strangely powered car I found. Your eight playmates will be along soon, and we shall all be gone before the others can recover. Seconds later, using a vehicle designed by an unknown race, the Red Ghost, along with his super apes and Sue Storm, is speeding through an underground tunnel. While on the surface... Hey, what happened to you, Thing? I got mugged by a gorilla. Now skip the dumb questions and try thawing out Mr. Useless over there. And a few minutes later... Oh, that's better. Thanks, fellas. I would have died from exposure soon. Kragoff and his apes made off with Sue, right? What's our next move? Brother, there's another brilliant question. Well, they're at least as strong as we. When we find them again, we'll outthink them. If that means we gotta use our brains, then we better leave this squirt behind. Go suck on a rock, you big axe. There's no time for bickering, you two. We've got lots of work ahead of us. Here's my plan. And under the guidance of Mr. Fantastic, the Torch and the Thing create another vehicle, one capable of following their quarry into the dark subterranean labyrinth. At last, it is finished. Good work, fellows. It's crude, but it'll do the job. Are you kidding? How are we going to power this tin can? We've got a ready-made motor. Torch, jump inside the cylinder and proceed with our plan. Okay, Doc. What's the story here? You'll see. Flame on! You mean he's turned you into a human jet engine? Right on, pal. Reed's gonna follow on foot. 
Perhaps in all these scientific devices left by that ancient civilization, I can create a weapon that will defeat the Red Ghost. Meanwhile, less than a mile away, a mile almost straight down. So you see, Susan Storm, you cannot escape from this chamber. And this force field can keep my super apes from those packages of food. The hungrier they are, the more they seem to obey. Gloat for now, but when Reed, Johnny, and Ben find you, you're going to get yours. Find me? I want them to find me. In fact, it's time for me to go lure them here. This locked door will keep you a prisoner, but nothing stands in the way of the Red Ghost. I must find a way to terminate his force field and free the eight. There must be a control somewhere. It wait. Here it is. Have I broken the circuit? The apes will be free. Just The apes are much too interested in the food to even notice me. At the same time, unaware of what has happened in his absence... There he is, Johnny. He just came out of the wall. They see Gotcha. My plan is working perfectly. Now to go back through this wall. The target will undoubtedly burn through this stone to get me. And as soon as he appears, this ancient disintegrator ray will take care of them forever. Now I'll just aim it over there. Oblivious to the deadly danger awaiting him, the human torch melts through the rock, heading for the red ghost. Johnny, wait. Sis, you're safe. Yeah, but a deadly ray gun of some sort is aimed right in your path. It's not affecting you. I guess it doesn't affect anything below the visible light spectrum. Well, whatever it is, I'll make sure it doesn't menace anyone again. You blasted rat! You've escaped my trap, but I'll get you yet! It's Krigoff! There you are, Mr. Untouchable. Let's see if heating the molecules in the air itself can make it too warm for you. Escape is such a simple matter. Now I'll move my base of operations to the surface. There it is, the headquarters of the Watcher. What a famous explorer of scientific marvels it must be. The whole universe will be mine. There is no one to stop me, for a man who cannot be touched cannot be stopped. But as the Red Ghost looks around him, he finds the strange interior of the Watcher's domicile. Beyond human understanding, it's so advanced. I never dreamed of such wonders. Foolish Earthling. That voice. And with the voice, an enormous image appears before him. You have dared disturb the privacy of the Watcher? In Bahamaikosecond, I can transport you to a place in limbo where you will remain throughout eternity. Or by expending the merest amount of energy, I could throw you a million years into the past or the future. But you helpless human, I shall merely brush you off my presence. As one would a meddlesome flea. Be gone. There he is. Out of nowhere. Let him have it, Reed. <laughs> hey, that gives him a work straight. You stopped the Red Ghost dead in his tracks. This paralysis ray operates only on Krigoff's individual body structure. If we've beaten him, then we've won. Look, at the edge of that crater. It's him, again. The contest is over. You have triumphed. Now that mankind has reached the moon, I must go to a more distant part of the galaxy to observe you mortals. 
We watchers must be ever apart from other races. I shall be departing soon, and when others of your kind return here, they will find no atmosphere. This artificial environment will evaporate without my presence. Remember this. No matter how far you travel in this limitless universe, you will never be alone. And now, farewell. Space is your heritage. See that you prove worthy of such a glorious gift. As the awesome figure of the Watcher dissolves, our heroes prepare for the long journey home. Red rubber hoses, naked grapes. Well, I'll be glad to get back home, Reese. Yes, that National Space Agency will be interested in this meteorite energy source. And I'm sure that when you speak to the UN, they'll see to it that the moon isn't dominated by one nation. We're just about ready over here. The countdown is eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Blast off. But unknown to the weary Fantastic Four, they are heading into a still more amazing adventure, for they are about to again cross paths with two of their most dangerous foes, but that's a tale for another time. Be here again on Monday at this same time when the Fantastic Four return from the moon only to face the mighty Submariner and the sinister Puppet Master. Okay, so... That was a great one. Sure. I loved it. Did you? I did. I, there were some parts where I was like, okay. I have. The Watcher? I, I have one problem with the Watcher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come on, man. The uh, Watcher, Watu is not, he sounds like he's a moron. <laughs> God, I hated that. I was like. The Watcher is such an integral part in Marvel Comics, and they did, they did a horrible job. But they did a really good job with everybody else. They did. And why do all the bad guys have Eastern or have European accents? Cold War. Ah, uh, true. Yep. And they were trying to beat the Russians to the moon. Yeah. At the time, so. My problem with the Watcher was just more of, and it bugged me because I was listening to it today, and he's like, and you guys will fight, or I will end with somebody. I'm like, hey, hold on, you're the Watcher. You're not supposed to be involved. Not supposed to do anything. Oh, which counteracted what I just read in Quasar, where one of the Watchers said, isn't watching still affecting things? So uh, technically what we're doing is affecting things, so we could actually be involved with stuff. And it was blowing the Watchers' minds, and so he killed like ten Watchers because he kept on telling people one of the random Watchers did that. Any, anyhow, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I my favorite I, character was the orangutan. I can't wait for this to I be. Think over. They got his voice. <laughs> <laughs> he was the dumb one. He was the one they can't control. You know, dumb orangutans. Dumb orangutans. They're not oh. smart at all. But okay, did the the other part that really bugged me was like at the very end. Reed and Sue are talking, but Ben and Johnny are doing this countdown thing. Yeah, it and was Ben's <laughs> like very annoying. They were like, talking over hear each what other. They were saying, yeah, eggs, bread, bread. 
Red River hoses. Naked grapes. Well, I'll be glad to get French back home, Reed. Yes, that National Space Agency will be interested in this meteorite energy source. And I'm sure when you speak to the U.N., they'll see to it that the moon isn't dominated by one nation. They were just randomly saying words. Countdown. Nine. And then Ben's like, we're about set to go. And Charlie's like, and blast off. That was even two seconds. How are you about set to go to? We're taking off now. Because he was counting down in the background and you couldn't hear him. Wait, that part drove me insane. Otherwise, I did really enjoy this episode. I, I, It was a good episode for the Fantastic Four. <laughs> this was the better of the two between Doctor Strange and the... Between the Fantastic Four and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So just wait. I'm not going to make you listen to Doctor Strange. Ever. Okay. But... What I I did like that they brought up a lot of the you know the space race yes in the sixties yep and got to beat those Russians to the moon you know why so we can do nothing with it yep you know if the Russians probably would have got there first we probably would still be trying to get more stuff on the moon we would be going to Mars yes we would already been to Mars because that we would still be racing them to something else yep not just hey we made it to the moon now we're just gonna we became yeah. complacent and don't care anymore because yep. we beat them or did we. Mind blown! Ask Stanley Kubrick. God damn. <laughs> Flat Earthers. So, anyway. But, I don't know. I I think the Red Ghost was an actually really good villain for this. You yeah, know, yeah. they did it really well. They did, you know, his powers. They 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 introduced him really well. Like They weren't monkeying around at all. And I see you get to you meet the original, the original Ninja Turtles, which were mutated monkeys. Mutated monkeys. Wow. Okay. Named of Miklo, Igor, and Piotr. Say that three times. Yeah, they, they never bring that up in there because I'm probably sure they couldn't pronounce it. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I don't know. It's it, this is probably one of the better episodes. I think I enjoyed it so much because you can see the end. <laughs> <laughs> I actually what? sat there yeah. and said, "We only have one more episode. One more. <laughs> only one more. I can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> only twenty more minutes to go. All right." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool getting this here young Bill Murray before he was, was famous. Old Bill Murray? <laughs> before he was famous. So, but, and he kind of finally figured out you're supposed to yell flame on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how Johnny was flying outside of the... I mean, I know he was in a hyperbaric bubble with oxygen in it, so he could fly outside the spaceship. He would have burned that oxygen up real, real fast. Quick. And Why didn't he just go out there as Johnny and just be out there for quite a while? Yeah. You don't have to be on fire, no. dummy. Yeah. And I like how Reed was going to go by himself, but he was like, you know, I don't want to put you guys in danger. What do you mean you don't want to put them in danger? You you've did it put, before. You've been putting them in danger <laughs> in for the, the last, last 11, 11 episodes. episodes <laughs> you've been putting them in danger, Reed. Even people that shouldn't be, like Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised she wasn't here. She, she was operating <laughs> and you fly in your stupid icbm to, to hawaii because right. you wanted to go on vacation so and did anybody wonder how a, a plastic spaceship flew to the moon i mean <laughs> you're getting bombarded by cosmic rays that's great but you could not you don't want to make your spaceship out of plastic how are you going to get back not nah. it's going to melt see i I would have thought that since you did a first trip into space and got bombarded by cosmic rays, and now you can't change Ben back unless it's a hot Egyptian sun. Um, 
that you might want to avoid doing, I don't know, more space stuff. <laughs> but you would think. <laughs> you would think. I, I, I don't know. Usually just, when I have a bad experience, I don't go back to the same restaurant. You know, It just, it just <laughs> proves to you how big of an asshole ben, uh, Reed Richards is. He don't care about nobody but his brain. Right. <laughs> but everybody's like, we're, we're going. Like, why? You are an idiot. Stay home. Yep. Send somebody else. We only have one episode left. Yes. One. And then what are we doing again? I'm not saying. I thought no. you were telling us. He sent it to us. He did. I just can't. I can't wait for this one. So I Love a Mystery, and it's the story, I think it's 12 parts. We're going to do three per week, and it's The Thing That Cries in the Night. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this because it's one of my favorite old-time radio dramas. But we got to get through 20 more minutes of Fantastic Four. Yes. 22 minutes, 32 seconds. Nobody's counting. And then <laughs> I don't know what the exact count is. <laughs> and then after we do, so I love a mystery. You want to bust into some shadow, or do you want to bust in some green hornet? I would like to do shadow. Shadow. Yeah. I've okay. Been wanting to listen to the shadow. Yeah. We can. I'll pick out some episodes, and awesome. we'll do those because there's some that are hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. That's like all shows, the, but the classics. So. Yeah. So one more episode. When, when they meet Dr. Doom and the Submariner. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Puppet Master and Submariner is what they said at the end of the episode. Did it? Yeah. Did they? When well. you listen to it, it says, where he meets the two uh, two of his, or their two, de- two of their deadliest foes, the Puppet Master and Namor. <laughs> I thought Alicia pushed the Puppet Master out the window and he plummeted to his death. I thought Dr. Doom died. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out <laughs> next week, won't we? <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. The one thing we are positive is the last episode, of Fantastic, last episode <laughs> of Fantastic Four. So now we can get out of the bad stuff and move into the good stuff. Yep. Yay. So, all right. It's been Nick. Kurt. Uh, no. Right. <laughs> Kirk. See you guys. Bye. Wow, this is a cluster